1: I could think about was needing to save my son. My name is Kelly Workscary. I'm the executive director, president, and co-founder of Building Arizona Families Adoption Agency, the Donna K. Evans Foundation, and creator of the You Before Me campaign.
2: If you enjoy this podcast, make sure to rate and review us on whatever platform you use to listen to us and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Look for AZ Adopt Podcast.
1: There's been a lot of talk amongst the adoption community that there are not a lot of women looking to actively place for adoption right now. And that is what we're going to address today because a lot of adoptive families are calling our agency for one and other agencies because some agencies aren't even accepting new adoptive parents right now because the they they just don't have the birth mothers. Mm. And so there is a common question of where have the birth mothers gone? Why are there not as many birth mothers that are looking to place their children for adoption now in this moment in time? And so that's what we're going to talk about today because it's really a hot topic in the adoption community and I want to preface this episode with this is just my opinion there hasn't been any research done to date uh, over the last year with covid as to reasons why women are placing or not placing you know in the adoption community, we wondered in the beginning of the COVID outbreak if there was going to be like an influx or windfall of women who financially and for other reasons wanted to choose adoption. And I didn't really see that happen. I, you know, again, I can't speak for other agencies. I know that we are one of the agencies that is accepting adopted families into our program. But at the same time, we are seeing a decrease in the amount of women who have interest in placing their children for adoption. So let's go ahead. And like I said, let's dive into it. I will share some of my hypotheses and some of my possible predictions as well.
2: Obviously, you know that this is the case here in Arizona and with Building Arizona Families. Have you heard anything as far as nationally? If, if Yes,
1: referring to nationally.
2: Okay. Okay. Very good.
1: I'm referring to, this is not just in Arizona, this is across the board. Uh, There are, you know, agencies reporting really low numbers in terms of the women that are are calling in. And again, that's not necessarily the case with our agency. Yes, we have seen a decrease in the shift of birth mothers coming in. But, you know, some agencies, like I said, aren't even allowing adoptive families to join their program because of how few uh, birth mothers have joined their adoption program. So... Some of my hypotheses are these when you see a lot of women who over the past almost 17 years that I've done adoptions choose adoption because financially they're unable to provide for uh, the children they either have now or even for themselves. You know, they may be homeless, they may be in a shelter and there is a shortage of social service resources then adoption becomes a very viable option in their mind and in their heart because they want to make sure that they can, you know, provide for their child, even when it's not them providing. In in other words, their child will be provided for. And when, when every tax time comes every year as an agency, we normally see a little bit of a decrease in the amount of birth mothers that come in because, what birth mothers have shared with me is is that when they receive their their tax refund or their earned income credit, they they feel like they can you know use this and get back on their feet. And if they've been doing drugs, then they can work the the DCS or CPS uh, program because now they can have a place you know they can find a place to, to live hopefully with that money and kind of restart or jumpstart their life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one thing that, that I have found that is very parallel is that when the shelters, when the homeless shelters are empty, the amount of birth mothers that we see decreases. And when the shelters are full, we see the numbers increase. And again, this is just from my opinion. This is just what I've watched happen over the last 17 years. And so now with the stimulus checks, and the extra assistance from the government with unemployment and so forth. It is giving women alternative options and opportunities rather than choosing adoption. And in my opinion, that's really the crux of what we are seeing as an adoption community, that the stimulus checks and the unemployment, whether you know it's obtained in in a legitimate or non-legitimate manner. It's still, you know, sometimes being obtained and women are giving themselves, you know, this belief system that this is now the answer. Unfortunately, it is really not the answer because it's not sustainable. It's more of a false hope. It is. Hmm. It is. And the reason that I can comfortably say that is because when women manage their their post birth living expenses themselves we often find them frustrated at the choices that they themselves made financially after they have spent their money and so my fear is that you know going into this they're choosing to parent even if it means the DCS is taking custody of the baby and they are, you know, trying to to reinvent themselves in their life so that they can ultimately parent their own child. That they, my fear is is that this false sense of security is going to lead to a higher number of of babies possibly in the state's custody. And that's a real concern that I have. Hopefully that won't be the case, but you know, when, when we see um, money, uh, that is given, you know, whether it's through tax refunds or earned income credit or stimulus money, unfortunately, we see a very large increase in drug use as well. Mm. And so um, that is going to bring, you know, more children into the state's custody as well. So if, if they're not choosing adoption, because, you know, there is that sense or false sense of security that may or may not exist, we're going to start seeing, you know what I mean? There's going to be, unfortunately, I'm fearing a rise in the numbers Mm -hmm. of children in the state's custody. And I know that the numbers significantly dropped during COVID because the children, you know, weren't in school. And so there wasn't somebody who was, you know, a mandatory reporter around the children, um, just making sure that everybody was safe and in a good place. And so their numbers had dropped. And I think as children are now resuming school, and you know, teachers are able to see the children and make sure that everybody is being taken care of. My concern is, is that we're just gonna see a real rise in those numbers. And hopefully that's, like I said, not the case.
2: I wanna go back to where you said that uh, they will allow the, the children to go into DCS kind of in the hopes of getting them back later by going through the process. And when we talked to your employee who had worked for DCS previously, it's probably fundamental to remind these birth mothers that those cases are few and far between that the birth mother does end up getting the child back.
1: We, as you know, an agency and, you know, I, I've been in the social work field uh, for over 25 years. Mm -hmm. And I I will say I haven't seen a lot from my experience, and this is just my experience and and my perception, I haven't seen a lot of reunifications. And that seems to be a common uh, thought process throughout the social work community and adoption community. And that being the case, it it saddens us uh, unitedly because... Mm -hmm. These are children that could be going into forever families rather than going through the, the foster care system or what have you. So, again, I, I'm so excited that as a nation, we are back on track to start learning how to live again after COVID. But I think that we need to be very careful in, in what we do as a society and providing, a, you know, monetarily, a a false sense of security, because that is not going to do anybody any good short term or long term. And so I just think that we need to be reminded. So that, in my opinion, is where the birth mothers have gone. Um, That's not to say that birth mothers aren't still coming. Of course they are. Mm -hmm. But if an agency is not as populated by birth mothers as they usually are, in my opinion, that is... And it's also tax season as well. And so those refunds are coming in and a stimulus check was just given. And again, that's money that isn't normally had by by some people who would have looked into adoption possibly as as another means.
2: Right. Do you think the birth mothers are going to start coming in later as this money is depleted? Yes. Okay. Okay. So they'll be later in their pregnancies a lot of times than
1: Maybe, maybe okay. I think it will, it will depend on when, you know, planet reality and planet fantasy are separated. Right. And planet reality is the prominent understanding and acceptance place of a woman who is pregnant and trying to decide what is best for her baby and for her. And what is realistic. And what is achievable? Mm
0: -hmm. And that's
1: not to say that somebody who is on the fence shouldn't explore, you know, parenting or adoption. They absolutely should.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: But being realistic rather than being, you know, hopeful. Having hope is great. Having faith is amazing. But at the same time, you have to know what is really achievable and what is not. And you want to make sure that you are setting yourself up and your child up for success. Rather than you know, I because I have had uh, women that come into the program and make an adoption plan, and then ultimately choose to place their baby with the state system because that they're not allowed to parent at that moment in time, and so the state takes custody. So rather than continuing along their adoption journey, they uh, choose to work with the state, uh, the Department of Child Safety, and in doing so. They go into that with the the belief and intent of reunifying with their child and being able to parent. And I have seen over and over again, sometimes within a, a very short period of time where they can't work successfully the plan that is placed in front of them. And that's hard to watch. Mm-hmm. They do sometimes keep in touch and and it is, it's hard to watch.
2: What so, do you think the future is for this situation with what's going on with COVID with the influx of money from the government and everything, what do you think we can look forward to?
1: In my opinion, um, as long as there is funding that is being received on behalf of women who um, may have chosen adoption or may be um, of the mindset of choosing adoption mm-hmm. if they didn't have those funding, will continue You know, the numbers will be what they are until there is, until that false sense of security is removed.
2: But that money just can't come. I mean, I'm not getting into politics here, but that's not an endless supply of money. It's got to stop at
1: some point. Right. But remember, remember when, when you are homeless and you are on the street and you are struggling day to day, your Mm -hmm. mindset is always in survivor mode. Right, And so you're not thinking long-term, you're thinking today and maybe tomorrow. And so, you know, if you're given a stimulus check or a tax refund, that is an enormous amount of money. Mm -hmm. And it seems almost impossible to think that that wouldn't last, you know, as long as they're believing that it will, but it it doesn't, It, it goes very quickly. And unfortunately, again, it can create a very uh, false sense of security. That's I, I don't even know how else to say it, other right. than you know I, I I really hope that if somebody is in that position that they're really trying to decide that they talk to somebody who has some financial mindset and can maybe help them get you know on track with how to best utilize that money to get their life turned around. You know, for women who have uh, placed a baby for adoption. The Donna K. Evans program, the aftercare program, we know we have a worker that can actually sit down and kind of help them. OK, like let's let's try to get you long term housing and let's let's see what we can do to stretch out that dollar rather mm-hmm. than just, you know, paying night after night after night at a hotel, thinking that, you know, someone's going to come knock on the door tomorrow and offer you a long term job or or housing or, or something like that.
2: Interesting. Now, I didn't know you had somebody doing that. And I think that's fantastic. Ashley. this whole episode, I've been thinking this is one of the big things these ladies need is somebody to help guide them a little financial advisor, you know, kind of saying, okay, now this is a good decision. This is not as good. And this is long term. This is way long term and kind of break it down for them.
1: Yeah. Unfortunately, I think the schools, I know that when I went to high school and I went to a public high school, Uh you know, I had to take home economics. I had to learn how to balance a checkbook and I had to learn how to do, you know, some basic accounting. And I, you know, I learned how to clip coupons and iron a shirt and sew a button on. And, you know, all of those things that seem silly, but are so important Uh and they don't offer anything like that at my kids' public high school. Like that's not a common class. Really? No. And so it, it's really interesting that, you know somebody who is looking at the curriculum of a high school thinks it's more important to study, you know some ancient history than right now as to how to balance a checkbook, how to make a budget, how to write a resume, how to uh, attend a job interview, how to organize your day, how to plan ahead how to sew on a button how to uh you know all those little things that are so important right absolutely and i agree with you
2: 100% we had classes like that again home ec and and shop and i also took accounting in high school so i know we had that all available and it's unfortunate that it some of that isn't a prerequisite for kids just kind of Basic life skills, some kind of class well, like sure. that. I mean,
1: they do have, they do have a, like you said, I think if there's an accounting class or something like that, or um, administrative assistant type class, but it's not, there needs to be like a fundamentals class. Right, exactly. You know? And in this class is where you would talk about family planning. You would mm-hmm. talk about, um, you know, if you do receive money, you know, how to save, how, how it's important to maybe have separate accounts so that you have one for savings and one for you know your bills and, and when to pay bills and how to structure them and, you know, which bills to pay first and, you know, those kind of things. Absolutely. And I like the idea of kind of having it to some degree be
2: a catch all of life skills of, you know what, you need to know how to do, I don't know, a grilled cheese sandwich, but also how to kind of balance your budget. I mean, you don't have to be working Wall Street, but at least be able to balance your home and your family's budget.
1: Right. Because again, and we offer those services through the Donna Cabins program. Mm -hmm. I know that some women, you know, don't know, you know, we have a food pantry and we have to walk through, uh, you know, some ways to, you know, stretch a meal. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I know with my my 24 year old, she was funny Uh, during the covid uh, time. She had called me up and asked if I would place a grocery order for her because she had never placed an online grocery order. And, uh, you know, of course she lives on her own. And so in doing that, <clears throat> I said, make sure you give me a couple of your you know, favorites that you want to that. So I make sure I hit everything that you want. Right. And, you know, she gave me her budget. And so I went through and when the groceries arrived, she was like, wow, like I have actual meal stuff. <laughs> and I said, well, isn't that what you have when you go grocery shopping? And she goes, well, kind of. And I said, yeah. So what I did was for two weeks, I planned meals for every night, and then I shopped accordingly. And then you add in certain things, and you know, some things, you know, you make it one night, and you can make it into a second meal the next night without really having to start from scratch. And so you can kind of, you know, lean over bit. the next meal, and and she's like, "Wow!" and <laughs> and it was so funny to me because I was thinking, like, okay, so as a parent, I didn't think to teach them that. But again, I guess that's kind of trial and error. But yeah, I mean, you can, you know, you can make a meal for a lot of people under $5 if you work hard at it, mm-hmm. you know, granted spaghetti isn't everybody's favorite, but you can do it. And Absolutely. now, there's, so there's I'm really just
2: curious, long. since you brought this all up, has she kind of changed her ways as far as
1: start planning some of those meals ahead of time like this now had, and
2: stuck yes, to it? Yes. Yes,
1: awesome. she actually has. They had they gone from um, eating out, which through Uber Eats quite a bit, to mm-hmm. now um, when I call over there, they're cooking now. And yes, very different. And it's really exciting to, to hear from her because I guess a good analogy is I showed her how to fish.
2: Mm-hmm. Right.
1: And uh, she, you know, she's catching fish left and right now. So <laughs> it's really, uh, yeah, that was really neat. And again, that's what the Donna Kevins program can do as well is to help women, you know, kind of learn those things. You know, for women that grew up in, in the foster care system and they grew up, you know, maybe where their parents were incarcerated or they didn't have an active parent at home because their mom was maybe a single parent and she worked all the time. Those don't just come naturally. You have to learn how to do that kind of stuff. Right. And it's really important. And it's it's the things that maybe... You know, you and I would take for granted because we've been on our, you know, as an adult living on our own and, you know, we have held down jobs and worked and so forth that we don't realize that you've got to go back and, and show some people how to do things. And yeah, I think with that knowledge and understanding, I think a lot of women may look at a parenting choice differently and may see why adoption is such a blessing because it gives everybody an opportunity for a fresh start, it gives you know the birth mother the opportunity to really take the time and, and go back to school if she wants to, or find the job she's looking for, focus on what she needs to do to improve herself and her life, whether it's just for her or her other children that she has at home. You know, the baby is placed in a home that um, will have what that child needs. It's stable. It's functional and yet still have an open line of communication with their birth mother. And it gives the adoptive family an opportunity to be parents. And so it is literally a win-win-win situation for everybody. And bringing
2: back to something you had just said about focusing basically on themselves, I've been reading two books recently, and they both kind of coincide in a weird way because they kind of focus on the fact that before you change society and change the world you need to start with yourself then you move out and work on your family and then you move out and work on your community and it, it keeps going out larger in concentric circles but you have to start with
1: yourself agreed and that is the 100% message i think the takeaway from this this episode is that you do have to start within And because you have a stimulus check or you have a tax refund, that's not going to change your mindset. It may change your living situation for a little bit, but it's not going to change your mindset. And so that's really what has to be at the forefront of your decision.
2: We have a pregnancy crisis hotline available 24-7 by phone or text at 623-695-4112. Or you can reach us on our toll free number at 1-800-340-9665. We can make an immediate appointment with you to get you to a safe place, provide food and clothing, and help you get started on creating an Arizona adoption plan or just give you more information. Check out our blogs on our website at azpregnancyhelp.com and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by looking for AZ Adopt Podcast. If you enjoy this podcast, make sure to rate and review us on whatever platform you use to listen to us. Birth Mother Matters and Adoption was written and produced by Kelly Rourke Scary and edited by me. Thanks go out to Grapes for letting us use their song I Don't Know as our theme song. Join us next time on Birth Mother Matters and Adoption. For Kelly Rourke Scary, I'm Ron Raines, and we'll see you then.
0: Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring.